nerdy. And I'm Clarice. We get nerdy now. We thought we'd share it with you. That's right. Thank you, Rebel, for catching what I was laying down. I, did, I still don't get it. It is in slow motion, like the Snyder Cut. Oh, okay. I, okay. That makes me even more upset. But sure. How are you doing? Um, I need a vacation. Yeah. David oh. needs a day off. Because when you stream for 36 hours and get food poisoning, it kind of takes something out of you. Every single time I consume food, my body, like, I feel like my body goes into shock for, like, See, an hour. The memory of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 an, it's been an interesting experience. I'm not going to lie. I'm so grateful that we did that because it was so much fun and the community was freaking incredible. Um, and, yeah. like, what a, what a stream we had for 36 hours. Yep. It was a roller coaster of emotions. Yep. The VOD is still up. Uh, if yeah. you go to the middle of it somewhere, you can watch me sleep for, like, an hour and a half. That's yeah. weird. It's the first yeah. time there's ever been video of me sleeping, I hope. I hope. <laughs> you never know. For me, there's probably lots of videos of me sleeping, because I sleep anywhere, so anyone could just, like... I have video of you sleeping. You do? Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Why? Because um, it was funny. You have photos of me sleeping. That's true. It's not that weird. Couples make, like, you know... I've shown you them. That's not... I don't not... remember this. Um, yeah, no, I... It was an incredible story. I had some weird roommates in college, so, like, there's a possibility that someone took a video of me sleeping. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, um, and we beat Gen 1. So uh, we're finally out of Gen 1 in um, Pokemon, ner the nerdy lock that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge, I feel really, uh, I really feel really happy with that. Yeah, the, the it was a big win. Gen 1 was long um, and I'm excited to be out with it. Hello, our dear, my daughter is in the chat. Fanta, thank you sh for showing up to support your parents. <laughs> um, uh, and Rebel, if I could get a shout out for Fantaxia while she's here, I would love that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm feeling good. I am feeling things. Yeah. Just like stabilizing. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like it's a little rocky, but we're, we're getting there. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yesterday I was like, it took me like a day or two to kind of, um, I don't know, get back to normal, but mm -hmm. like, I, f I feel fine. Um, it's so funny. Like I... Just because of things happening on Saturday and it was right after the the 36 hours, I was like, I'm, for some reason something like weird happened with my throat and mm -hmm. I was like, shoot, like, I think I might have to cancel my stream on Saturday. And I was like, so sad about it. I was like, no, no, I want to stream. And so I streamed anyways. Because it's like, I just... <laughs> you would think after the 36 hour stream, you would have been all streamed out. And yet here we are. Yeah, yeah. Always live. No, and I was literally like, no, I, I really, I really want to stream Skyrim. And so it did, and I'm happy that it did, because it was a good one. It was a good one. I'll be back <clears> later <throat> today. It is interesting. We're, uh, we're, we are one month into not doing the morning show five days a week, but doing it just on Mondays. Yes. Um, and I'm, I, I, like, I'm excited for all the other opportunities it's been giving us, and like the other projects we've been able to work on. Yeah. At the other time, I'm, on the other hand, I miss being live five days a week. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I know, it's, yeah. Starting our day off with you guys was really, like, something that meant a lot to us. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but you, obviously, you guys already know we've talked about it logistically, 
Um, yeah. It just wasn't working. But, yeah, it's given us room to create other stuff. TikToks, the Pokemon rating. Yeah. You know, we've, we've tried to put out more YouTube videos and... Um, cosplay stuff, so it's it's. I think it's it's been good for us. And YouTube's but, growing in a way that's super exciting. So yeah. like, you know, I'm excited for the future of this, and I'm Thank just you. excited to spend more time with y'all. But for now, this is the nightly morning show. We should talk about the news. The news. What do you want to talk about first? Well, I get to pick. Do you want to talk about some like TV stuff? Do you want to talk about some movie stuff? Do you want to talk about some uh, gaming stuff? Gaming stuff. Gaming yeah. stuff? All yeah. right. Do you want to go controversial gaming stuff or fun gaming stuff? Oh, controversial. You want to start with controversy? Always. All right, y'all. Um, there is a video game coming out. Okay. Called Six Days in Fallujah. Okay. Uh, this game was originally supposed to be made by, um, I can't remember the original company, but they had actually dropped the idea because it is a game set during the Second Battle of Fallujah, which is a real-life military action in Iraq oh, okay. um, during um, the invasion of Iraq that followed the invasion of Afghanistan. Uh, now, famously, the invasion of Iraq was said to be because the country had weapons of mass destruction. Right. Uh, that was obviously proven false time and again. Yep. Um, and so um, this game uh, drops you in to the battle in Fallujah as an American soldier um, in a battle that is... Uh, very well known for how many civilian casualties there were, mm. um, in that we don't actually know how many civilian casualties there were. Oh my. And okay. so the um, Second Battle of Fallujah is a very controversial topic in any sort of discussion, let alone yeah. in one where you are going to have um, this, uh, th this video game come out. Um, and it is, uh, it, a trailer came out during the week, uh, and it sparked a lot of controversy online, particularly from members of, um, Arab communities, um, and from people who were connected to this, uh, as yeah. well as, uh, soldiers on the American side who, uh, fought in it, who feel like this is a video game that is taking liberties with a situation that, uh, we maybe shouldn't make this kind of, um, product around. Yeah, I thought this was going to be fun controversy. This is, like, dark controversy. Yeah, no, and I'm sorry. I, you know, we, we talk about stuff like this on the morning show, and yeah, it's, no, no, I, no. I think it's, it's important. But... It, it is important. I'm just like, who in their right mind would make a video game out of something like that? Yeah, yeah, especially after a company started to make it and was like, you know what, maybe let's, n you know what, maybe let's not. Maybe let's not. Like, yeah. don't. Let's, mm -hmm. let's, yeah, don't, don't do that. Um... Yeah, I, one, of, one of the controversial things around the game is that the maps are procedurally generated. Um, and so the the entire game is going to be set in a entirely fictional Fallujah. Like, it's it, it's not even based on the real location. I mean, it's obviously going to visually look like some hallmarks of the real location. Okay. But with the maps being um, procedurally generated, uh, there are people who are saying that, like, the this game treats the innocents and the civilians in Fallujah as if they matter so little that they don't actually have to even be real. Yeah. They can just be procedurally generated. They don't matter. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. And I, I don't have a, like that. I have a big... I have a big problem with this game. Um, and I, I, I think that it is... And, and look, like, I'm... We don't play a lot of realistic war games. No. The closest thing I play to this is, like, Star Wars Battlefront, which is 
I mean, pretty fictional. I played Call of Duty <clears throat> a handful of times. But I haven't played Call of Duty in a decade. Um, I don't know. Uh, th this came out, and I think that the controversy, uh, the controversy is very warranted. Yeah. And I wanted to bring it up and see what you thought about it. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't understand why this needs to be um, based on the real thing. Like, I, I think you could just make a, a shooting game or whatever it is. Um, and it doesn't have to be modeled after this because it's clearly something that like, where a lot of like real people died. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And I, I hate that idea. As soon as you cross that line with video games, things get weird. Like if, if, if for, for example, if someone were to create a video game where, I don't know, um, you were like a serial killer murdering like celebrities or something like wild like that. Those mm -hmm. are like real human beings. And just because like- Oh, using me, real celebrities? Yes. Oh my God. I would have, yeah, I would have a huge problem. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a problem. But I don't see how these people's lives matter any less than like a celebrity would. So I feel like that's the best way I can like equate it. And I don't think it should be released. I think that's Azure brings weird. up an interesting point. Uh, the first person shooter community has a has a history of, and an ongoing history of being very toxic towards women, LGBTQ+, as well as um, having, um, I, look, I've played in those lobbies. I know how racist the language that is. I, I always turn everybody's um, mics off, right? Well, because I don't want to deal with what they say. And that's a big problem because there's already such a lack of empathy in that community. Yeah, and this game, I like the community. The, the community who does rise up around this game, I can't imagine what that kind of conversation is going to be. That's not going to be the kind of people no. that I want anything to do with. Yeah, and so it just you have to wonder, like, you know, from for, for the game developers who worked on this. Yeah, is it really worth it to foster that kind of community? And 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 someone brought up that like they they, they made it controversial so that we would talk about it, and I I, I get it. Um, yeah, it's just like profiting off of people's deaths in real life is yeah, really it's weird. gross. It's weird. It, it, it's it makes gross. me uncomfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, is it the game that makes them ignorant? Uh, popcorn, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that like... Hmm. How do I want to phrase this? I, I think that Fall Guys the game can be played by a racist, right? Sure. But I don't think that Fall Guys inherently fosters racism, whereas I feel the game that they have made and the way that it is laid out and the way that it interacts with a real life situation that had a ra that was very racially motivated, yeah. I think that this is a game that fosters racism um, in a way yeah. that I don't think Fall Guys does, even if the person playing it whether the person playing it is or is not a racist, right? Yeah. I think that this is a game, and I'm sorry that this is where we're starting that I'm more sure. I promise it'll get lighter this after this. This was my bad. Um, but, Getting um, the heavy stuff out of the way. I should have planned this better. But no, I, I, th I think I think that, you know, I think that we already have... Uh, American media has done such a, a massive job vilifying Arab people for so long and, and people yeah. from the Middle East. And I, I feel like... The majority of people have kind of realized, hey, this is not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm consistently surprised when a company with the resources and the scope that this one has mm -hmm. is willing to make this decision um, 
it, yeah, it, it is, it is, it, that, Potomstein says it's like the airport scene in Modern Warfare 2. It feels like the airport scene in Modern Warfare 2, except that happened, what, a, de a decade ago, right? Like, how, how long ago was that now? I feel like we've kind of moved on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I, it's just, it's, it's an odd choice, mm -hmm. and, you know, if, if they are creating this controversy just to make money off of, like, the people that died, like civilians, uh, I really feel that does not sit right with me. And it's not something that I would support or would condone supporting. Oh, no, we won't buy this. There's no... No, idea. no, no. God, no. It's... But, you know, if, if that... Even if that was our genre of game... Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would. I'd rather play more Fortnite. From that, and I would, I would honestly be worried. Like, like Call of Duty lobbies are already so toxic enough. Yeah. Like I, I just, I wouldn't want to go near that because I would be, I would be worried. And I'm not saying that this is what would happen, but I would be scared that it would be fostering an environment that was dangerous. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um, and, and that's interesting because right? I'm always the person who's like, video games are dangerous. Video games don't. You know, and I, I believe that, but this is, this is so this tied is into a real, real, yeah, yeah. this is so tied into a very real thing that happened that it is very, that that's what makes it uncomfortable to me. If it was a fictional thing that wasn't like these people in this city at yeah. this time, this is like these six days, yeah, th these very real six days, we're going to turn that into a video game. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, and I want to say that, like, you know, a lot of studios make war movies about real-life events. Um, but I feel like even if those movies, when they are not treated respectfully, it comes across as gross. Well, yeah, a lot of them come across as, like, straight-up propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, and it's, like, that is concerning, and I, I wouldn't want this game to feel the same way. Um, I'm just interesting. It, I, it, I, I didn't expect the the amount of um, pushback that this game got, but the the pushback has been huge online. Part, but and it's because of the trailer, right? People watching the trailer kind of were watching it like this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Why not just make it <laughs> fictional? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, especially after the original studio behind it was like, "Ooh, you know what? This is a bad idea," and someone else was like, "Yeah." <laughs> um. <clears throat> Should we move yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the other gaming news, I guess. <laughs> Do you want to go to other gaming news? Uh, as long as it's light and happy. <laughs> Pick something light and happy. Monster Hunter Rise. That's a transition, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Monster Hunter Rise is absolutely blowing up. This game is doing so, so, so well. Uh, and it is a... It like is better than expected? Much better than expected. This game is selling out physical copies... Um, around Asia and is is selling really well in North America and mm -hmm. this is really interesting right because there was a long time where Capcom was not doing very well um, and pre Monster Hunter World Capcom was uh, it looked like a studio that was about to be purchased mm -hmm. um, it looked like uh, a Microsoft or someone like that might swoop in and pick it up yeah um, <laughs> uh, my brother is in Japan and he's saying that uh, the the Monster Hunter is on the news in Japan there yeah um, it, there aren't a lot of video games that sell physical copies anymore. That's kind of rare nowadays. Most people buy digital. Um, Monster Hunter Rise in Japan has sold out physically. You cannot buy a physical copy anymore mm -hmm. um, until, you know, more become available. Uh, and this uh, game is doing well in North America. And while mm -hmm. I'm a huge Monster Hunter fan, and I have been playing Monster Hunter in North America for 
you know, two decades. Yeah. Um, I was always kind of in this like niche group of Americans and Canadians who played this game that was very, very popular in Japan, but not as popular out West. And the, what, what the massive success of Monster Hunter Rise tells me is that Monster Hunter World came in and it changed the culture of Monster Hunter in the West. It really brought that game from being a really huge game in Japan that, um, people played elsewhere mm -hmm. to being a, a mainstream kind of title wherever you played it. Yeah. Um, cause I hadn't, I, I hadn't really heard of Monster Hunter before Monster Hunter World mm -hmm. came out and I, I was like, this game looks dope, you know? And like, um, I, I think that, I think that's really exciting. So I wonder, I wonder how the numbers are doing comparatively. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe World didn't do as well right away, but then like, like was World was a huge hit. Right away, like opening. Yeah, World was a huge hit, but it was on different platforms, right? Um, World was on a PS4. Uh, this is on the Switch. Um, right. And, and Monster Hunter has traditionally done better in handheld devices. Um, okay. Yeah, because the, the last... Before World, the last Monster Hunter that was a console title was Monster Hunter Try on the Wii, which was fun, um, but it did not sell as well as the Monster Hunters that were coming out for the PSP and for the uh, Nintendo DS and 3DS, gotcha. which were excellent um the monster hunter 2 uh, or monster hunter freedom unite on the psp was the peak of my gaming life um me and steven budgen ooh, 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 and oliver carter wells adam st pierre all the four of us we were we were taking down tigrexes uh when we should have been doing our high school work um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh it's hard to get numbers uh internationally for sales but it does look like uh, Monster Hunter has sold 1.8 million-ish units in Japan alone uh, wow. in the first two days of launch. Wow. Uh, and obviously, it's been a few more days now. People are trying to kind of pull numbers together and figure out. Uh, Famamitsu, I believe is what it's called, uh, will eventually have the correct number. Um, gotcha. But uh, for now, it just looks like Monster Hunter Rise is a massive, massive success. Um, Azure Raven Witch in the chat is saying, uh, that, uh, they played the demo, but the difficulty was the controls. And this yeah. has always been the problem for Monster Hunter, right? Monster Hunter is, the learning curve for Monster Hunter is massive. Mm -hmm. It is a hard game to learn, and it is a game that does not teach you how to play it. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, it, historically, Monster Hunter World has definitely done more, and, mm -hmm. uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I've only played through the intro mission, but it does a little bit more. <laughs> um... But um, I'm very excited to dive into it. From what I've played, I've really enjoyed it so far. I think um, the wire bug, that they, this new mechanic that allows you to kind of jump and like swing and grapple and stuff, uh, creates a lot more motion in your character. Totally. Which is very fun. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm just so happy for Capcom. It's awesome to see them have a huge success. Um, and it's, uh, I, on the other hand... It is evidence the pandemic is still going because video games are still doing really, really well. Yeah, yeah, true. People are like, well, I'm uh, I'm at home. I got lots of time. Yeah. So pick up that new video game. Yeah, I highly recommend Monster Hunter if you are the kind of gamer who likes to fail a lot to figure out how to do something. Not me. <clears throat> yeah, it is a grueling. Monster Hunter is the kind of game where you will go out on a mission that is 50 minutes long, and in minute 49, you will realize. You're nowhere near, um, like uh, you're nowhere n near beating it. And you, you, then you just fail and you have to start over again. Yeah. Oops. I forgot to update the ticker. Thank you, Rock Mage. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Monster, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter is an unforgiving game. 
but yeah. it is great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's really wonderful. Yeah, I haven't really spent a lot of time with the with the game, so I don't know, but um, it looks really fun, so I feel like if, if you either already know what you're doing or you have the patience for it, it's it, it would be... Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's very fun. The, the monster designs are always crazy. The new monsters are very cool for this one. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Switch is the perfect device for it, I think. Uh, monster Hunter is... Uh, I've always had Monster Hunter in my pocket with my PSP mm -hmm. uh, so or my DS, and so... The, being able to switch between dock and portable really is the perfect console for this kind of game. I feel like, God, I feel like PSPs were such a, like, boys console, because, like, where the hell is a girl? Are you going to fit that on your person? In your purse. When I was in, like, junior high, I didn't have purses. Like... Okay, but, like, I, did, do, you know how, do you know how hard I had to work to fit that into a pocket? Do you know the kinds of weird, chunky sweaters I was wearing so that I had room for my PSP? Specifically for that. Oh yeah, I would. Video I, games I would have it in fashion. a little case, and I would just carry that little case everywhere. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh god, my PSP. Yeah. Oh god. I, oh man, I love that device. Having the Battlefront Two, the original Battlefront Two on the PSP. Oh, it was a good time. I remember a time when phones were small enough you could keep it in your bra, and that was just where everybody like kept their phone. Yeah, and every girl had the weird like. Yep, you could see the like yeah, little yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What a Man. weird time. Yeah, yeah. We grew up in a weird time. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you remember? Do you remember all the? Because the, there was all the concern that um the, that. I, I remember hearing about this all the time that women were gonna get like tumors in the shape of their phones on their chest. Yeah, and or like, that guys would like get like health problems keeping their phone in like their pocket. Which I mean, probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, the the jury's still out on whether or not, like, it's safe for us to keep our phones so close to our... I mean, yeah, we're um, going to be the generation that finds out. So... Uh, I, I love that for us. Can't wait for that. <laughs> do you remember when phones flipped? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Why are we going back to that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, stop making flip phones. Stop making flip smarts. Or make flip phones if you want, like, a phone that's not a smartphone. But the, like, stop fold. making folds. They're, they, they're dumb. They're hey, bad. Some people love it. No, no, no. Some people spent $2,000 and can't admit that they made a bad choice. Mm. Nobody loves it. Some people are in denial is what has happened. <laughs> flip phone Foldables are terrible. <laughs> I've never used one, so I, I couldn't They they The screens it. look so bad. Really? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The, the I've never played around with one long enough to know. There is... Maybe someone will come up with one. But as of now, there is not a single foldable phone where when it is open, you can't see the center. And when... And it's it's like you with subtitles. That's me with this, the line in the middle. I, it's all I'm looking at. Okay. It's just the weird line in the middle of my screen. That's fair. I don't think it's a bad idea, though. No, no, no. The idea isn't bad, but, like, the execution... They're, they are, they're, right now, they're consi consistently twice as expensive as yeah. other phones. They have to take so... They're, they're not as good as other phones because they have to, like, cut corners to get the foldable stuff to work. And oh, okay. so you're basically getting a worse phone with a bigger screen, but it's got this giant, chunky line in it. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. No. No. <laughs> All right. What else do we got? <laughs> Thank you for that, Shin, for the Empire. You All right, probably... let's do, um, let's, let's actually not do that one yet. Let's do this one. Oh, we are going right. to be talking, because well, we're going to transition into movies by talking about a video game that's becoming a movie. 
Really? Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, arguably the like, the 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 the, the like just outside the running for number one game of the year last year. Uh huh. Everyone is like the the two games of the year last year were Last of Us Part Two and Hades, Which and then is... the like third character in the conversation was always and also Ghost. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, which is funny because, you know, if it had been another year, it might have won. Yeah. Depending mm-hmm. on what else was up against it. But um, I'm so excited to get a PS5 to play this game. Um, I haven't touched it yet. Yeah, but... we haven't. We're waiting till we can have a PlayStation. Yeah, I, I have watched a lot of it and it uh-huh. looks unbelievable. And it is going to be brought to the screen by um, Chris Tehelski. Uh, I hope I pronounced his name right. Um, from Who directed John Wick. Oh, never um, seen it. John Wick is an incredible action movie. Yes, uh, the with, whole series um, is incredible. With the um, Keanu Reeves. Neil, yeah. Neil. 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 Yeah. I was like, who's Neil? <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Helsky is going to be bringing uh Ghost of Tsushima to the screen. Um, and I'm of two minds about this, right? Because there's a part of me that's like, he is an incredible, incredible action director who brought maybe the best action franchise of the last decade to the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, there's so much excitement there. On the other hand, I can't help but kind of feel like this would have been a really awesome opportunity to give to an Asian director. Yeah. Um, uh, particularly because of how much of an intimately Asian story it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that there could have been an opportunity here to... Um, there could have been an opportunity here for this to be a huge um, moment for an up-and-coming Asian director in the action world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so so I'm up to my eyes, right? Because, like, I, on one hand, I'm very excited for um, this movie, and I, I love this director's work. Yeah, um, for sure. I wonder if maybe, like, maybe they will use this as an opportunity to... Um, to, to surround the project with up and coming um, people of Asian descent mm-hmm. who who are who are maybe not at like the, who who can learn like the the directorial side of it but then can contribute to the cultural side of it so that yeah, they can work together. I really hope that maybe mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Like maybe he'll have um, a bunch of um, Asian assistant directors. So that they can, like, then they can one day become directors. You know, like, younger people who are sure. looking to work their way up. That, but, 100%. yeah, I think it was probably a missed opportunity. I, 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 so I, that's, 100%. I think, the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, but, but the problem is that's the best case scenario now that this decision has been made. Yeah. But the stronger initial decision would have been... You know what I mean? Like, there, my, yeah. my pushback on that is that there are plenty of Asian directors who don't need to be the second to get there, right? Oh, for sure. Who just need to be given an opportunity. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times uh, an opportunity like this comes up mm-hmm. where this could have been... I honestly believe that there is a more... there There is a more intimate version of this movie that would have been directed by an Asian director who understands the culture of it. Yeah. As opposed to this, which is going to be an incredible action movie. And I believe yeah. that because this guy has made incredible action movies. Sure. Um... And so I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not saying this is the worst thing ever. I just think that I personally think that this is a missed opportunity on behalf of the studio. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's an interesting decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, hopefully the movie is good. Um, Miller says, uh, can they fit all of Ghost of Tsushima into a movie? In my opinion, impossible. See, we, See, haven't, we haven't played, played it. it. However, from what I've seen... 
you're right. From what I've seen, this 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 has um. I I have a feeling this is not going to be one movie. If I'm going to be completely honest, I have a feeling this is going to be like a chapter one. Yeah, and they'll <clears> see <throat> if it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll leave room for a next for a sequel. But I don't know. Like, if you here's the thing. Even if it's not the same, sorry. If even if it isn't the same story from the game, the iconography of Ghost of Tsushima and how incredible it all looks is going to look so good on movie posters. Yeah. That like, this is gonna make money. Oh yeah, yeah, and especially with the success of the game, mm -hmm. I they yeah they, they're gonna make money. They're they're fine. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I I, I and honestly like the. There, there is so much of Ghost of Tsushima that's told in cutscenes mm. um, that, because I've seen some of them, and they're beautifully rendered cutscenes. Like, that game is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, I do wonder, so uh, Ghost of Tsushima did come out with a black and white version. So really? you can, Yeah, you can switch to black and white in the game um, huh. as a homage to old uh, samurai films Yeah. Um, that were all in black and white. Uh, and so I do wonder if, like the Snyder Cut, which released its black and white version over the weekend... Uh, which I need to watch at some point. Maybe why? that's what I'll do today. Why do you need to do that? Um, to make a video about it. Because that's what we do. And then we'll have a title on our channel that's like, Should you watch the Snyder Cut in black and white? And there'll be a thumbnail with me being like, Being like, Hmm. And then people will click on it. And then they'll be mad at me. And they'll say probably. mean things. And I will delete their comments. Um, I wonder if this movie <laughs> will also have a black and white edition. Because I feel like... It kind of has to, right? Or, yeah. or, hear me out, hear me out. It's all in black and white. Except for the blood, which is bright red. Okay. All right. Um, That's what I want. Uh-huh. No, I don't think they're going to do that. I could see a black and white film, but... Mm, no, I don't think that that's the route that they would go. Just because the visuals uh, of the game are so stunning, and they're going to want to keep that... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's hard. It's hard because, like, black and white would be cool. Like, I would see it. You know, with Zack Snyder, it kind of just feels mm. like... I don't know. Pretentious. But with this, mm -hmm. it actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's an homage so, to the, 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 the history of... Yeah, there is a reason Kurosawa films. Um, and, you know, if you've never seen a Kurosawa film, you, you really should. If you love Star Wars you have to go watch his movies because we literally don't have Star Wars without his movies. Mm -hmm. um, that's <laughs> that's literally where Star Wars comes from, is um, Kurosawa. That's where the Jedi... Like, literally, anything you like about Star Wars from the original trilogy probably is a sci-fi edition of a Kurosawa film. Fair enough. Um, hey, look, if, if, you're, if you're gonna be... If you're gonna be inspired by someone, be inspired by the best. Um... I, That's fair. Kurosawa's films are so good that I could watch them without subtitles on and just not understand what's going on. But mm -hmm. he directs his films so, so spectacularly mm -hmm. that you know exactly what's going on. You know every character's motivation. Like, yeah. Um, they, they, really, they really are masterpiece films um, that if, if you've ever, if you've never strayed into the world of foreign uh, cinema, uh, mm -hmm. Kurosawa is an amazing place to start mm -hmm. um, because it's just, I'm, I literally have like chills on my body thinking about watching his movies. They are, um, they're some of my favorite films. Um, and I'm very grateful to my friend Sid in college who introduced me to them. I had never seen one before that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I 
have That's wrong. not seen I know, I was just <laughs> we didn't change it on your channel, we didn't change it in the command. <clears throat> Whoops. Yeah. Oopsie. Oopsie. We changed it on YouTube. Well, that's something. We were one for three. What's up, Alberta girl Tara? Think of that follow. We are both from Alberta. Yeah, we grew up. We uh, grew up in Calgary. Yeah, that's fun. All right, <laughs> should we get on to the next story? Let's do it. All right. Now that we're talking about movies, let's talk about a couple of dates, y'all. We have a date for Black Adam, and as you can see in the bottom third there. We also have a fate. Do you know what I mean by that, Clarus? A fate? Yes. No, I have no idea what that means. Let's start with fate. They have a cast, Dr. Fate, um, for the Black Adam movie. Dr. Fate is a DC Comics character uh, that is a helmet that takes people over. Um, and so basically, there always has to be a Dr. Fate, right? Um, and so Dr. Fate is a superhero and so the person inside the helmet essentially gives up their body to the helmet so that the helmet can continue to protect the earth. And so it is a very self-sacrificial character um, who the person in the helmet has been played by many people. Okay. And uh, the helmet has taken over many lives over the years. Um, and it is um, when it's done by a good writer, it is Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Like, wow. um, the Dr. Fate storyline in uh, Young Justice will literally have you weeping. Um, okay. Because she just wants to see her dad. Um, oh, my. Yeah. Um, but um, they have cast the... I, I, the former... <laughs> I was about to say uh, something meaner. Uh, the former James Bond, Pierce Brosnan is going to be playing the role of Dr. Fate. And, like, oh, boy, is that good casting. Like, oh, boy. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate is phenomenal casting. Is mwah, chef's kiss casting. Black Adam is shaping up to be a really incredible movie. I don't like it. Wait, you don't like it? Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, my experience with Pierce Brosnan <clears throat> mm -hmm. is Mamma Mia. <laughs> So, um, you say that, and in my head I'm going, yikes. Um. Okay, but wouldn't you have done Mamma Mia for a lot of money? Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah. like, you can't blame Pierce Brosnan for not... wanting a lot of money. Sure, he just wasn't good. Yeah, because it was Mamma... No one is good in that movie. That's not Meryl true. Meryl Streep is mediocre in Mamma Mia, and that's amazing. That is not true. Um, it is very rare name? for her to be anything less than extraordinary. No, no, her, her friend, her friend who sings the... Like, her two friends are great in that movie. Okay, the comedic relief in Mamma Mia works. Yes. Mrs. Doubtfire Pierce Brosnan? Yes. He is in Oh that. my god, he is in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's also in Percy Jackson. He plays the centaur. Um... Yes. Centaur? 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 Centaur. I don't know. Centaur. Centaur. <laughs> hmm. <on>. Interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know which one it is. Um, <laughs> you've never seen a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie? No. Here's the thing. Let's be very honest about Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. They are, are they not like good. they cheesy as hell? Yes. Okay. They are, they are, without a doubt, the worst Bond movies. However... They were the Bond movies that were coming out when I was a kid. And so I have a very, very, very soft place in my heart for them. Gotcha. Um, and it is very interesting to... Because I love... I, uh, I, 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 I love most of the James Bond movies, right? 
it's a ridiculous franchise that has very problematic films in it. Um, but, you know, it's of a time, and it is very, you know, it is what it is. It's Goldfinger. Uh, he was in the GoldenEye movie, right? Yes. Um, he, plus he kills Sean Bean. Yeah, he does kill Sean Bean. Sean um, Bean always dies. Sean Bean always dies. Um, so I have, I have this, like, weird, I have this very weird, like, love for Pierce Brosnan, because when I was a kid, he was, I wanted to be him. Because he was James Bond, right? And so, like... Uh, okay. When I was eight, I didn't know that those movies were bad. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, like, a very different relationship I have to Pierce Brosnan. Sure, 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 sure. I also just think that he's a very suave... He speaks very well. See, I don't think that at all. <laughs> and here's the thing. Dr. Fate is in a helmet, so there's a very good chance... Pierce Brosnan isn't going to do anything in this movie. Like, it won't be Pierce Brosnan. They're going <laughs> to... Pierce Brosnan will sit in a booth and be very suave and British into a microphone. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And somebody else will be waving their hands and essentially being, like, sad Doctor Strange. Great. That's, that's I mean, that's essentially what Doctor Fate is. He's sad Doctor Strange. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sure. And he has the coolest costume. I love his costume. He's. I'm very excited for this. Oh, you have to. Pierce Brosnan is Irish, not British. I didn't know that. Wait, but he puts on a British accent. Yeah, he must. Yeah, I have. I know. I recognize Irish accents. I love an Irish accent. I have never. I guess I've. I've never heard him in an interview or anything like that. Look, like I, said, I love Pierce Brosnan, and I'm. I'm standing up for this. Pierce Brosnan is Doctor Fate. Here's the thing. Pierce Brosnan kind of became a joke because of Mamma Mia, right? It kind of became a meme. Well, yeah, because Pierce. Was bad. Here's the thing: you know who deserves a renaissance? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan could make a comeback, and I think that Doctor Fate could be the start of a comeback for Pierce Brosnan because be the start he he has the kind of please don't please don't we don't need any more musical theater in this conversation right now. He is the kind of actor <laughs> who could play like the 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 mentor role in things really well mm -hmm. which he kind of started to do with like percy jackson was supposed to be that but that franchise didn't really work mm -hmm. um a brosnonian renaissance if you will popcorn yes um the percy jackson was supposed to kind of like start that part of his career didn't really work then he did mamma mia this could be the start of like the the next phase of pierce brosnan and i'm mm -hmm. here for it yeah <clears throat> also he's <laughs> i'm not gonna lie pierce brosnan was always an attractive man way more attractive with gray hair as a silver fox like the gray the gray is working on him it, go go google some recent photos of pierce brosnan he is looking good all right he is he is he is a he's a silver fox and he's going look he's great casting i'm fighting for this okay all right <laughs> um in other news if you want to see him as dr fate you don't have to wait too long this movie's coming out july 29th 2022 that's a long time it's really not. They haven't filmed it yet. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Like, that's that's a little over a year from they're now. Like, and they're going to be a year and a half. They're well. starting filming now. Yeah. Like, that's that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. I guess they're, like, trying to just jump right on the, like, when movies come back. Mm-hmm. It was originally set to open this Christmas, um, but uh, they uh, but they weren't able to film it. On, they, they kept pushing back filming. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this movie is that right now, it is set to open on the same day as Indiana Jones 5. Oh my god. Yeah, 
which is the final uh, Indiana Jones movie directed by uh, James Mangold. Um, and honestly, Indiana Jones 5 is not very exciting to me until you tell me that James Mangold is directing it. Because what James Mangold did with um, Logan, as far as like the like old version of the character on his like final mission, what he did with Logan was so exceptional that like he's the kind of director that I'm like, oh, you get how to tell like the swan song. Wait, but is Indiana Jones going to be in Or, I'm sorry, is Harrison Ford going to be in it? Yes, this is the... They, 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 they've said this really? is the final... This is going to be the final Indiana Jones movie starring Harrison Ford. This is going to be, like, the end of that of his character. He's, like, old, though. Like, he was old in Crystal Skull, so, like, what? I don't know. If you watch the movie um, Call of the Wild on Disney+, Plus, he's still got it. He's okay. pretty great. Honestly, um, Harrison Ford he sometimes doesn't show up for the movie season, right? Yeah. Like, he can be, he can come across a little checked out. Um, but him acting opposite that dog in Call of the Wild, I was like, wow, he really liked acting opposite that CGI dog. This is wild. Like, Harrison Ford was lively, he was vivacious, he's great in that movie. Call of the Wild is actually really good. It's just interesting, because if, if those are coming out on the same day, my choice would be Black Adam. They're not. But if they do come out on the same day, Black Adam will demolish Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. Black they Adam. We were very upset with Crystal Skull. Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> will wrap his meaty arm around Harrison Ford's neck and just squeeze. Yeah. In box office numbers, not obviously in real life. I have a feeling they're probably friends. Probably. All I famous people that. are friends, right? If they're not beefing, they're friends. If they're not beefing, they're friends. <laughs> yeah, I would I would go see Black Adam over Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. I have I, I only like I only actually really like two of the four Indiana Jones movies. Which other one do you not like? Um, I like Temple the first of Doom? two. No, I like Temple of Doom. I, I'm not a huge fan of, um, uh, what is it called? I love Raiders, I love Temple of Doom, the and then... Grail. No, it's not called the no, Holy Grail. No, but it's, it's the... Um, God, what is that third... What is the 13 in Indiana Jones movie called? Oh my god. <laughs> wow. The Last Crusade. I, oh, God. Last Crusade is fine. Like... It's, it's good. Oh it's just not my favorite. Um, okay. I, I would much rather watch the first two and just, that's See, it. See, I know a lot of people who would say Temple of Doom is the weak one out of those three. Yeah, I don't know why I love, I love Temple of Doom. Me too. Yeah. But I think that's because when I first watched it as a kid, I was like, wow, his heart. <laughs> like, I was like, I thought it was so <coughs> cool. <laughs> sorry. That was very funny. <laughs> I almost just choked it up. No, I thought it was, like, fascinating. I love that movie. I was like... Like... Um, alright. Uh, this this next story is also a, a movie date, but um, this one is coming with a little bit of a... Uh, it, this happened. News. This happened, like, almost a week ago. So it feels... This feels like feels old news. It feels like old news, but... But uh, it's happened since the last time we did a morning show. So the um, Black Widow has decided... Not the Black Widow. I mean, the Black Widow is a fictional character and... Marvel. Marvel. Uh, and more specifically, uh, Disney. Because uh, last time, the, the literally the last morning show, we said that uh, the Disney executives had said that it was going to be a last minute decision on Black Widow. The next day, literally the next day, uh, Black Widow is now set for Disney Plus and theatrical debut on July 9th. Uh, and so much like Raya the Last Dragon, uh, and much like... Um, the HBO Max uh, situation with mm -hmm. their films, we are going to be seeing Black Widow uh, on theaters uh, a couple months late. This was originally supposed to come out um, in five weeks. Yeah. Um, and now it will not be doing that. It'll be coming out July 9th. 
Um, the nice thing about July, about that date, is it does look like theaters will mostly be open by then. Yeah, uh, like, I'm very hopeful we'll be able to go see it in a theater. I'm, uh, I, I feel like a lot of people will be vaccinated by then. Yeah. Uh, particularly in the United States. Yeah, maybe not so much in Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but uh, this is a sad move for me. I was really hoping to see this movie in five weeks. Uh, this also means that Shang-Chi has been pushed back to uh, September. Because gotcha. Shang-Chi was originally supposed to come out in July. Um, and uh, it does mean that the end of the uh, the second half of 2021 is going to be packed with Marvel films. Uh, we are going to get this on July. Then Shang-Chi in September. And then Eternals, I think, is supposed to come out this year. Yeah. So that'll be November. And then Spider-Man in December. That is a lot of... the the. Uh, having three major Marvel movies in four months is a lot. It's a lot. And um, I wonder if that's going to affect the box office of these films. I don't think so, but... Um, I think it. I think they m- maybe slightly, but not enough to be an issue. I like, think if uh, anything... Um, they'll barely feel it, and mm-hmm. then they'll be able to kind of get back on a normal schedule and figure out stuff moving forwards. I think they're kind of at the point where they're like, hey, we just got to, like, do this. It's a bit tight. It's a bit crammed. Mm-hmm. But it's got to happen. I get it. I totally get it. I, I have a feeling Eternals will move to 2022. Yeah, I could see that happening. I, I have a feeling that's the one that they'll move. I think they're going to want to keep Spider-Man. Because uh, here's the thing, right? Marvel doesn't have full control over the Spider-Man date. Yeah. Um, so they have joint. to work with Sony with that. And I think that Sony's going to fight to make that a Christmas movie. Yeah. I think that, every, I think that Sony Marvel wants to end the year with Spider-Man this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if anything, unless like there's a story, like a spoiler reason why those movies have to be before Spider-Man, which there might be, um, Eternals might lead into the multiverse or whatnot. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that, uh, Eternals will be the movie that they move, uh, to yeah. maybe February, uh, or, uh, March of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that they don't have two Marvel movies in theaters at the same time. Uh, right now, November to December, you would essentially have two films in the fir- in within four weeks, or four or five weeks. Yeah, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. Yeah. So I guess I think it, I, it it's it's going to depend on if Disney if if they're valuing um, getting back on a proper schedule mm-hmm. and just kind of getting content out there, or or if they think that their stuff will do better if they space it out a bit more. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, we will definitely be trying to see this in theater, uh, Black Widow in theaters July 9th. Yes. I want to support this movie because Scott Johansson deserves it. And uh, the trailers, back when they were releasing trailers for this, they looked great. Yeah, yeah, the trailers really... look good for this. And she's, yeah. you know, she's put a lot into this whole franchise. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's about time she got her own movie, so. A hundred. Uh, <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, y'all, let's talk some, it's time. We always talk about it every Monday because I am a nerd who likes numbers. Let's talk what's about up. some box office. Godzilla vs. King Kong. Uh, this is from Comic Book Movie. This is their headline. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong sets pandemic era record with $121.8 million international bow. Um, uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong managed to rake in over $70 million in China alone. And um, has gone on to $121 million despite not being open in the U- uh, U.S. and Canada yet. Mm-hmm. That is just international. Yeah. Um, which is funny that we have, like, domestic and international. Domestic would change depending on where we are, but it doesn't matter. This is how we do the box office. Yeah. Uh, other than Chinese films um, that opened in the Lunar New Year um, 
uh, Hi Mom, Endgame, and Detective Chinatown 3, yeah. which were obviously huge, massive successes um, in China. Uh, this is the biggest movie of uh, the pandemic, of the entire pandemic. Um, and this is a, this is really good, you guys. Yes. I, I know, I know, like, sometimes it's like movies don't matter and, like... Movies matter right now. This movie doing well really matters yeah. um, because it signals that people are willing to go back to the theaters after the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, like a lot of the, the, the movie industry employs a lot of people. Yes. Like there are, there are a lot so many of jobs. jobs. Um, and the fact that these jobs might start coming back uh, and the fact that in other countries they have started to come back, the American box office, which we're going to talk about in a second, is also coming back. Um, this is really good news. Uh, at a time when the entertainment industry needs good news. Yeah. Um, and so Godzilla vs. King Kong is bigger than its own self, which is hard because it's about two of, like, the biggest characters in the history of cinema. Mm -hmm. Godzilla and King Kong are two of the most long-lasting, iconic, cinematic characters that have ever existed. Yeah. Um... And I'm I'm really I'm really hopeful I'm really hopeful for this movie to do all domestically this weekend as well uh, because of what that signals for reopening and Absolutely. for jobs and um, the like. Yes, it is also going to be in theaters on the thirty first as well, right? Uh, it is going to be in theaters and on HBO Max in the United States. In Canada, it is only going to be in theaters. In theaters because we don't have yeah. HBO Max. Um, yeah, but here's the thing: it's like movies generally have weeks in the theaters, so more and more people are just going to be getting vaccinated. So hopefully it keeps a steady stream of people who are then willing to go to the theater and see a movie. That's true. That's true. I'm, I, I actually don't, I, I'm curious if our, um, cause I don't actually know if our theaters are closed. Do you? What do you mean? Like our theaters in Toronto closed? Toronto. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure about other places in the province. Or other cities, really, but I, I was looking it up the other day, and yeah, all the theaters are still closed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Friday's Daddy says, how y'all got free healthcare but not HBO Max? Uh, Priorities. Oh, no, it's a licensing issue. Um, yeah. Currently, HBO licenses a lot of its um, stuff to a service called Crave, and it's... it's it's a mess. It'll happen eventually. It's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's quickly get into some domestic box office numbers because I know that everyone wants to know about The Croods 2. Uh, <laughs> and we do have an update. Uh, the number one movie at the box office this weekend domestically was Nobody. The new movie starring um, Better Call Saul's. I only brought up that because I can't remember. I'm blanking on his name right now. I literally no clue. Why? Oh my God! Bob Odenkirk. Okay. Bob Odenkirk uh, is starring in Nobody, a new action film from the comedian, which uh, opened to six point seven million dollars this weekend, which is a really, which is really good for this film. Um, it's uh, the number one uh, by quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, number two is Raya the Last Dragon with uh, thirty five million. That only dropped thirty one point eight percent. Not bad. No, not bad at all. That has raked in $28 million, uh, domestically, which is uh, decent considering it is also on Disney+. Plus. So mm -hmm. we don't actually know how that movie's doing financially because if it got a lot of those premiere access pay-ins on Disney+. Yeah, Plus, 30 bucks each? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, that's... They've made more money than that for sure. Uh, Tom and Jerry came in with $2.5 million. That's also a 34% drop. Decent. Uh, Tom and Jerry's at uh, $37 million domestic, which is 
wild. Okay. Um, and that is also on HBO Max. So these movies. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird not knowing the full scope of the numbers. But um, uh, Chaos Walking's hanging in there a little bit at one point one million dollars, dropping uh thirty eight percent. Uh, The Courier, uh, that um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movie we'd never heard of. Uh, it dropped 44% to $1 million, so uh, the interest there doesn't seem to be as interested. And uh, now out of the top five. Unfortunately, our friends are in number six. The Crude's A New Age uh, only dropped 13%. Yep, holding on strong. 13.7%. Y'all, The Crude's A New Age cannot die. Uh, This movie comes in at $540,000. Um, which means that its domestic cum right now is 55.9. So it's, a so it's million, less than $2 million. Less than $2 million away if, from beating Tenet. If Crudes can keep going like this for two more months, or for one more month. One more month. If we can just, if, if Crudes can keep going until the end of April, I think it can pass Tenet. Yeah. I think it can do it. it. Yeah. They got this. Y'all, if you are living in a place in the United States or Canada that has theaters open... For my sake, please go watch The Crudes of New Age. I if don't know if it's a good movie. If you feel safe or, and or vaccinated. I don't know if it's a good movie. We've never, We've seen, never it. seen it. We don't really know anything about it. I saw we the first one over 10 years, ten. Like, like literally 10 years ago. I Or no, uh, eight years ago. I have no idea if this movie is of any quality. Please go spend your money on it for my sake. Because I need it to be tenant. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I want... Is for this movie to make two million more dollars. Yeah, that's all we need, and 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 then we'll be happy. You know, then then we'll be very very happy. Um. Yeah. Uh. It had the second best hold of the top ten. The best hold is going to Minari, the um Stephen Yeun film that is a uh, directed or that is uh been nominated for many Oscars. Yeah. Um. And Stephen Yeun has been nominated as the first Asian man to ever be nominated for best leading actor at the Oscars, which is ever. Ever. Yeah. The okay. first Asian man to ever be nominated for best lead uh, at the Oscars. Just let that sink in for a second. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to Croods. <laughs> Back, yeah. Uh, and uh, in 10th place is Wonder Woman 1984, which is still in the top 10 with $245,000. That movie has ra- uh, raked in $45.8 million. And if you told me... Less than the Croods. If you told me that Croods 2 was going to beat Wonder Woman at the box office in the pandemic, I'd have been like, no, it's Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? She's going to crush the Croods. But no, nope. the movie wasn't good. Um, so uh, Croods wins. We just needed to beat Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one in our hearts, but we just needed to win. It's one in, in our hearts. The movie that we have not seen. Exactly. Is number one in our hearts. We're going to have to watch it, though. Like, when we can watch it, we're going to have to go see it. When the theater's or, open... Or, or if it's, like, if um if, if if it ends up on Amazon Prime, we should do, like, an Amazon watch parties on Twitch of the Croods <gasps> too. Oh, my God. We should do Amazon watch party. That would be very funny. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be the first movie we see in theaters. Uh, I mean, not that we've seen movies in theaters since the pandemic. But. No, no, I mean, since, like, things open back up here. I guess we haven't in Toronto. We only saw them in Calgary. Yeah, not not in the city here. Um, all right. Um, that's unfortunate. What? Uh, that link just led me to the wrong place. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay. Um, (laughs) where are we at? Okay, we're almost at an hour. What do we have left? What do we still have to talk about? 
Um, Game of Thrones, apparently? Oh, I keep doing this wrong. Boom! Y'all ever, uh, y'all think you're ever gonna get another, uh, Game of Thrones book? You're not. You're not. You wanna know why? HBO just paid eight figures. Which means north of ten million dollars. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A million to seven figures? Yeah. Yeah. North of ten million dollars to have exclusive rights to the Game of Thrones, uh, licenses for another five years. Yep. This is not surprising at all. No. Um... This is really not surprising at all because they have like how many Game of Thrones spinoffs in There's the works? There's at least three, I think, that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. So no, we, five we've talked about. Oh right, right, because yeah. there was the there was the 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 one that's coming soon, and then they announced a bunch of other ones. Yeah, and uh, technically six because of the pilot they shot that they aren't moving forward on. Right. So um, just just in terms of how much money they make on merchandise, I think this deal makes sense. Uh, but also considering Fire and Blood is like filming, so I don't know how that, I don't know what would have happened to that show if, or I think it's called House of the Dragon now. Um, I don't know what would have happened to that show if they like lost the license. Yeah. Um, so I feel, I feel like George R. R. Martin was in like the best negotiating place possible yeah. where <laughs> they showed up to the table yeah. and they're like, hi, we are currently sinking a hundred million dollars into a new TV show. Um, how much to continue to not lose that money? And yeah. George R. R. Martin was like, all of it. Here's I the want thing. All it the could money. be anywhere from 10 million to 99 million. Yes. Yeah. It could be anywhere in that range. Yeah. Which is wild. Fridays, Daddies, I'm going to let you know, don't bother starting to read the books because don't. you'll just be left on a cliffhanger don't. and you'll be waiting for the next two decades. Wait until you're approximately 75 and they are all out at the same time and then you can read them, maybe, but... <laughs> Rock Mage says read the books. Here's the thing, the books I are great. I don't love the books. I like the books a lot. I I've been reading them for a long time. Yeah, but... and I know there's a lot of people who do love the books, which is which is fine, but I I have a hard time reading them. Mm -hmm. um, They're difficult. They, they jump around too much. I love books because I can hyper focus on them and just like it's like the blinders and I'm and I just read read read. But the but because it jumps around different characters and different locations and things so much, it pulls me out of it and I find it very hard to refocus. Um, mm -hmm. So if you are ADHD like myself, it might be a difficult read. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. There is a lot that happens. Um, and if you are the kind of person like me who likes to build like. Um, conspiracy webs in his brain. Um, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. yeah, for me, I, I can't. It does not jump within chapters, but you'll get like, you know, a, a chunk Every on this person yeah. and then a chunk on a new person and then a chunk on a new person and then a new person and then, and then you might go back to an old person and then you get a new person and then an older character. It's kind of all over the place, yeah. which I totally understand. I know a lot of people love the books. It's not my style. I and can't then, do it. And then... In the fourth and fifth book, the they happen simultaneously, right? Okay, so the fourth the fourth book is all of the characters who are south of a certain point. Yeah, their storylines for a certain amount of time. Then the fifth book is all the characters who are north of that point for an amount of time until you reach the point in the fifth book where the time catches up with the end of the fourth book. Mm -hmm. At which point, all of the characters from the north and the south are in the second half of the fifth book. Um, and so some of the storylines in the fourth book start up again at like page like 320 of the fifth book. So make sure you Insane. read it in order. 
Um, yeah. So here's there was the someone. Thing. There, there was someone who made. I, I can't remember who it was, but it was a YouTube video that was like, I read um, Game of Thrones, but I read um, the characters alpha. I read all of the characters POV chapters alphabetically. So he started with like every POV chapter with any character named A in their entire story yeah, life, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like, it was the most insane experience of my life. I can imagine. Like that sounds. Also, um, at, in Game of Thrones, there are characters who quite literally disappear. Yeah. <laughs> who, like, are just gone for, like, two novels. Yep. You're like, does that person exist anymore? And they also... The other problem is that they have different storylines than their TV show counterparts. So tr trying to keep track of it is actually really hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, in Game of Thrones, a lot of people are younger. So there's a lot of, like, weird kid stuff in there. If that's not for you, don't read the novels. Yeah. There is a, there is a, there is a sex scene between a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. Yeah. In a bathtub. Yeah. That is... It's... Yeah. Here's, here's how I got through it. <laughs> Penny's is like, nope, <clears throat> just kidding. In my head... I just said that years are different in Westeros than they are on Earth. And so, like, a 14-year-old in uh, Westeros is, like, 23 or 24, and but, a 9-year-old is 18. But you don't know that. You just that, made that up in your head to feel better that's about what it. I, that's what I'm going with, and that's, that's, how I, that's how I got through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the relationship between Daenerys and Missandei in the books is very it's weird. weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, which, you know, like, can be had elsewhere. Here's but the thing. Rockmage, Rockmage says, considering how seasons work, it's pretty likely. That's how I feel, too, right? No, 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 because they talk about how seasons are years. No, they don't. Yeah, the, they do. the, the seasons are different lengths. No, they, but they talk, they literally talk about winter lasting for years or summer lasted seven years. Right, but that doesn't mean that that's the same length in year. That doesn't make the year our year length. Yeah, but you can't assume that it's different. You have to, <laughs> you have to, or else you have to, you have, you, you just have to, because okay. you're like, you've been reading these books for 10 years and you're 3000 pages in and you're just at a point where like, I can't. You just have to live with yourself. You have to sleep at night somehow. You have to sleep at night somehow, okay? Yeah. And it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Winter is never coming. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's yeah. weird. It just, is weird. That's why, you know, full disclosure, know what you're getting into if you decide to read Game of Thrones. That That is it. I, I made it through the first two books, and then I was like, ah, I'm done. You read it, and as soon as the orgy happened, I threw it against the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That one is... Mm -hmm. If you've never read the book It... By Stephen King. I have not, and I do not plan on it. The the sewer orgy is definitely... That man was on something. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's like, interesting because it totally... When you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a metaphor for growing up. And I kind of... I get, like, why it's happening. But then when you think about it, you're like, but the why doesn't justify the how. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> No thanks. Yeah. No thank you. Next, please. Um, Ooh, yeah, so boy. basically George R. R. Martin is filthy rich and is not going to be finishing that next book anytime soon. Uh, we're going to be getting a lot of TV shows instead. Well, you know what? You, you want to know why? 
he just got like ten, at least ten million dollars. He's he gonna be might, spending it. He's gonna yeah. go do like <laughs> he made. He might have gotten ninety nine million dollars. No, no, no. I'm I'm willing to bet it was like fifteen. Said eight figures. I'm I know. Saying. I'm willing to bet fifteen. Fifteen in my head sounds about right. All right. And granted, I don't know. I'm just. You may never know. I'm assuming it was fifteen million dollars, for fun, for no reason. Sure. For no reason. <laughs> sure. All right. Oh my goodness! What else do we have left? I th- there was one more story, but I cannot find it anymore. The link didn't work. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, but um, here I I remember most of it. Uh, okay. I might get some of the details wrong, but I hope I I don't have exact numbers. Um, but oh, here it is. Um, the these numbers are um. Should change the thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Thank you. No worries. We we need to find a better system for that. Yeah, like you need to tell me what's next so that I can change it. Um, it's just it's a tough system. This one is lower third, right? It's also so touchy. No, nope. <laughs> it's this one. All right. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, this is interesting. So uh, HBO Max released some data through um Samba TV. Uh, I don't think it was actually released by uh, HBO Max, but. Uh, they have yet, actually, no, it says here, they've yet to share viewership numbers, but Samba TV is saying that, um, approximately 1.8 million people, which is the same number of people who bought Monster Hunter Rise, interestingly, uh, tuned in to watch, um, the Snyder Cut between March 19th and March 21st, um, which is interesting because it's about 400,000 fewer households than tuned in to watch Wonder Woman 1984. Interesting. Um, and, uh, 1.9 tickets sold at the box office would have been a massive flop yeah. for this movie, right? Um, yeah. that, that would have been a dreadful opening weekend. Yeah. Um. But obviously that's influenced by the pandemic. So. Well, and the fact that Snyder Cut is four hours long and so people are, people are going to consume this when they want to. Yeah. Um, also like the chances of being spoiled on this are weird, right? Because the, you've already seen the plot. So yeah. like the plot can't really be spoiled. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it did come a little bit ahead of the 1.7 million people who watched, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's opening episode that Mm -hmm. same, in that same kind of time period. Um, however, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a television show that is going to run for six weeks and is, you know, uh, 42 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the other interesting thing about it is that, uh, that is only people who watched, uh, at least the first five minutes. So who knows how long those people actually stuck with it. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. But if I'm being honest, 1.8 million people sounds... Well, it's it's not what I expected. It sounds low. It sounds really low. And granted, that's households. And so I'm willing to bet that there are people who gathered to watch this. Uh, there are families that watch this, right? So, um, you know, we mm-hmm. count as two. Yeah. Right? Um, but you have to wonder, like, 1.8 million is... Uh, what one less than one fifth of the current HBO Max, um, pop, uh, the the population of people who currently pay for HBO Max, right, um, right. And so, what really matters here is how many new subscribers this brought in. Mm-hmm. And even if uh, the even if the center kit brought in one point eight million new subscribers, I just don't really. Yeah, was it worth it for them? Like you, you okay? So say one point eight million people. If say all 1.8 million people are new We're subscribers, new subscribers. Then the, HBO Max is what like um, twelve dollars a month. 
Yeah, something like that. Okay, so you're doing... So, so you're saying you brought in about $25 million, right? $26 million. Then you have to factor in... Th- th- then you factor in the fact that it costs $70 million to make the Snyder Cut. So basically every single person who signed... If every single person who watched the Snyder Cut signed up for the Snyder Cut, they would all have to stay... They would all have to stay signed up for... Like three months? Four... To... Yeah, basically four months to even start turning a profit on this. Um, wow. So as far as numbers go, like, this is not... This is not a That's huge not great. success. It's probably not what HBO was expecting. Because that's the thing, yeah. 1.8 of those people definitely already had HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's... Rockmage got it for $4.99. Rockmage is a smart man. We got it for $5 Canadian, which is $3.25 American? Yeah. We, we paid about $3.25 American for, to watch it. Um, yeah. So, I, I just, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. This movie... There, there's so many people who are online doing the restore the Snyder cut, um, hashtag. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people are hmm, interesting. Um, uh, we didn't talk about it. Uh, we talked about it on our patron only podcast around the nerd table, which comes out once a week, uh, for every patron at the $1 tier or above. If you want to pay 25 cents a week to get an additional bonus podcast with us and access to our uh, private patron discord, uh, go over to patreon.com slash nerdy nightly. That's a plug. That's a plug for $1 a month. You get a whole other podcast where That's we true. talk about other things. It's great. It's true. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, the, these numbers are not what... These numbers can't be what Warner Bros. wanted to see. No, God, no. That is definitely not good. And also, for, uh, the, for the Restore the Snyder Cut team, this is not this is not convincing, right? Like, no. this is not... They're going to be like, well, never doing that again. Yeah, and Warner Bros. has already said they're not going to do that again, right? And the yeah. numbers... The only thing that could have changed their mind is numbers. If like ten million people had signed up for HBO Max to watch this, we would we would get more Snyder Cut stuff. But to be honest, a lot of these people probably already had HBO Max or um, yeah, or like one person got it and like mm-hmm. uh, people gathered in a big group to watch it. Well, and a lot of people in the Restore the Snyder Cut um, team of all of this have said that they're going to protest Warner Brothers moving forward by deleting this by deleting HBO Max and not continuing with the service. And so, like, that only hurts these numbers yeah. more. It just is a really... it. It's not an encouraging number, I think. No. Um, as far as what they were hoping for. No. Um, and, and, you know, that's just... That's how that's how these things go sometimes. I think that... Um, it, they took a risk, you know. No. They, they swung big, spent a lot of money, and it may not have paid off for them. Here's the thing we don't know because they're not official numbers. We don't know who's new, who mm-hmm. signed up. Like, and HBO Max, here's the thing. HBO Max will never release those numbers. No. Um, Disney Plus never has. Netflix never has. Like, they, they they will put out a number that sounds great. They will put out, like, the number that makes them look the best um, when they figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll never get, like, the reality of it. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. Um. So, um. yeah, it's just interesting. I, it's not what I expected. I thought... Here's the thing. We exist in an ecosystem online. Where this is what everybody's talking about. Like, within, like, the nerd movie talk discussion world that we post videos in, trailer reactions, stuff like that, um, all of our peers are talking about this. Yeah. So when I open my YouTube, it seems like this is what everybody's talking about. Yeah, but I guess it's not. Yeah, and I, I, I wonder if I'm just in a bubble in that way. Yeah, and... we are we are very much involved in the nerd community. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it is hard to have a perspective on 
what our like friends and yeah. or not nerdy family may or may not like if they've even like heard of the Snyder Cut, you know? Oh, my family would never watch this. No, no, no. But like, I, can, like, can you imagine my Kim? Can you imagine my stepdad trying to watch this? Night no, again? that would be. Hilarious. I would pay. I would. I would. I would pay really good money to watch my stepfather watch the Snyder Cut. That oh would be a joyful. That would be the best way to watch the Snyder Cut. Yeah. That would honestly. To watch him watch it. Oh! Oh my God! Can you imagine? If you guys don't know Kim, but like, actually, you might, because if you watch, if you watched our wedding. On Twitch, That's he true. gave a really if great you, speech. If you watched our um, wedding, his speech was fantastic. Yeah, um, so. our our wedding is on YouTube. If you want to watch us get married, you can actually watch that. That is true. Um, <laughs> that is true. Um, Oh my god, now that's all I want. All I want to do now is watch Kim watch the Snyder Cut. Oh my god. <laughs> um, <laughs> he seems a really nice guy. He's the best. He's, He's the best. I'm yeah. very, very grateful that my mom married him. Uh, it uh, made my life better in many ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of a downer to end on. I didn't want to end on, like, something not being successful. No, that's, that's fine. It's, it's the, it's the news. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the, the last, the, the other thing around the Snyder Cut was, uh, Snyder Cut, um, fans were review bombing, uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong on, uh, IMDb. Because we're petty. As a protest of Warner Brothers, because that's, that, you know what, you know what's gonna make Warner Brothers want to make movies? If you make their other movies not do well. Yeah. If, if Warner Brothers is hurting financially, you know what they're going to want to do? Spend a bunch of money on something that doesn't make money. Yeah. That makes no sense. I'm sorry. You just, you need to stop. Snyder Bros, just stop. Please, go away. There was a, I'm done with you. There was a series of tweets online uh, that was a bunch of different Snyder uh, Bros with the idea that they were like, come on, Warner Brothers, choose satisfaction over profit for once. Because we deserve the the Snyderverse, and I no. was like, "What? That's no. the worst. That is the worst argument to make. Make the argument of like, you will make money. We will show up. Fine. But to but to blatantly be like, like, you're not gonna make you're money. not gonna make money on this, but make it for us. Gross. Gross. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Yeah. It's not this. The only reason you got the Snyder cut is the pandemic made it so that Warner Brothers couldn't make new content, and they were launching HBO Max, and they needed something to put on it. Yeah. The the Snyder cut happened because of the most, the, the the most events that all had to happen at the exact same time, and it is luck. Yeah. In if if COVID doesn't hit, we don't get the Snyder cut in this way. We maybe get like a Donner cut with like animatics. Um, the Donner cut of Superman two is famously unfinished. Um, and it's the better version of Superman 2. I will fight anyone on that. The Donner Cut is, despite, despite being unfinished, uh, still probably my favorite Superman movie. Um, huh. It's very good. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, like, without the pandemic, without all of this, without HBO Max launching in the pandemic, you don't get the Snyder Cut. Yep. And, like, you're not gonna get the Snyderverse, I'm sorry. No. It's not gonna happen. Stop whining about it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm being mean. I don't want to be mean about it. I I'm just am getting mean. tired. I'm being mean. I'm tired. Because I want them to go away. <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I get a little salty. Are we just trying to make enemies? No. Mm. We have opinions and we're not afraid to use them. I've never had an enemy before. It would be fun. Never had it. Does anyone want to be our enemy? Yeah, I've never had an enemy. I've had one enemy. She knows who she is. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> we were enemies. 
No, I will fight you on that. The Donner Cut is a mess. The theatrical cut ain't much better, but it's still better. Raiders of the Lost Kitchen. That is what we call a bad take. Um, You're wrong. I've never seen... I I couldn't tell you. I have no opinion on this. The theatrical cut looks better. Tommy says he'll be your enemy. (laughs) Tommy, that would be hilarious. All right, Tommy, let's fight. Uh, My money's on Tommy. (laughs) Sorry, babe. Let's not let's not physically fight. Let's let's find an arena in which neither of us has a particular advantage. You can play like League of Legends or something and, and fight. Tommy one v one me in League of Legends, bro. <laughs> Thanks, Azure. Tommy it. is pro- Tommy's probably played League though, which is I haven't. You, can, you gained an enemy. No, no, you guys can play Gwent. This is you, this right here. This is why my rival in Pokemon games is named Chat. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tommy was Diamond Three at one point in League of Legends. Like I said, my money's on no, Tommy. No. No. It literally has the same ending as Superman 1, just copy and paste it onto Superman 2. I understand what you're saying, Raider of the Lost Kitchen, but it's still a better movie. Um, yeah, Hammy, I will I will stick to that point that we never actually got the Snyder Cut. No. Like, what you got not. was a bunch of money thrown at a thing to, like you said, push for Well, and what's interesting, right, is he never even started making the Snyder Cut, even back in the day, right? Because the, the response to Batman v Superman was already out. They got the response to Batman v Superman weeks before they started Justice League. And so, before yeah. they started filming the Justice League, they started to um, they started to pivot because they wanted to make the tone different. So, we lit- we truly never got the Snyder Cut, right? Yeah. Uh, they never filmed the Snyder Cut. They filmed the slightly lighter Snyder Cut. Um, and then mm-hmm. it got longer, and then, you know. They just put all the footage. Barry Allen was just a mess. Uh, but The Flash yep. is good. It's, it's, it's tough. I like the Flash stuff. I hate the Barry Allen stuff. And I don't know how I feel. I, it's, like, tough. Yeah, they, they didn't do it very well. Yeah. But I got you, Tommy. It's also, it's also like, we don't need to keep talking about it. But it's just baffling to me. Yeah. Like, the decision to make so much of the movie in slow motion, but also make the Flash, the way that you shoot the Flash slow motion. 24 minutes. 27 minutes. Oh, I thought you said 24. No, tw- oh, a little over 27 minutes the movie's in slow motion. Which is a, a just under an eighth of the film. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Have you guys recovered from last week's adventure? Nope. But we're going to end the morning show now so that I can go recover. Uh, If you guys like this video, like and subscribe and hit that notification (laughs) bell. If you are watching on YouTube or listening to our podcast feed, you can watch this live over on Twitch, 10 a.m. Eastern, every Monday on the twitch.tv slash nerdy nightly. I also play video games over there. I'm currently hardcore nuzlocking every single Pokemon game. Uh, That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sundays. Uh, Clarus, what are you up to? Um, I'm going to be playing some Witcher today. Uh, Skyrim Saturday is every week. And uh, we also hit our community goal for a Pokemon Nuzlocke. Oh, Nuzlocke. So that's going to be starting in April. It's a Nuzlocke on the Clarus. I've never done a Nuzlocke. Uh, I get really attached to my Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a nightmare. Um, We also are doing One Couple One Controller Dark Souls on Friday. Friday. That's right, yeah. Um, so please make sure you're there and providing moral support because we're probably going to need it. And as always, my name's Nerdy. And I'm Clarus. Do something nerdy tonight. (laughs) Bye. Bye.